Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Tuesday. This is the 24th week after Pentecost. This week we're continuing our reading of 1 Samuel, and we're in this section where we're learning about David's early years as God's anointed, uh, but David is not yet enthroned. And so I wonder how God might be at work within our world around us, teaching us to leave our past behind and rely and trust on this new thing that God is forming and shaping in what God has planned for us all in Christ. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship in praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship in praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Samuel chapter 20. David fled from Naoth in Ramah, in Ramah, and he came before Jonathan, and he said, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin against your father that he is trying to take my life? He said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. My father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? Never. But David also swore, Your father knows well that you like me, and he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, or he will be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and as yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. And Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at the meal. But let me go, so that I may hide in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked me to leave Ask leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says, good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then you know that evil has been determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a sacred covenant with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Jonathan said, Far be it from you. 
If I knew that it was decided by my father that evil should come upon you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan replied to David, Come, let us go into the field. So they both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow, or on the third day, if he is well disposed towards David, shall I not send and disclose it to you? But if my father intends to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, so that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you, as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house. Even if the Lord were to cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon. You will be missed, because your place will be empty. On the day after tomorrow, you shall go a long way down to go to the place where you hid yourself earlier and remain there beside the stone there. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at a mark. Then I will send the boy, saying, Go, find the arrows. If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on this side of you, collect them. Then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But if I say to the young man, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. As for the matter which you and I have spoken, the Lord is witness between me and you forever. So David hid himself in the field. When the new moon came, the king sat at the feast to eat. The king sat upon his seat, as at other times, upon the seat by the wall. Jonathan stood while Abner sat by Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought, Something has befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty. And Saul said to his son Jonathan, why has the son of Jesse not come to the feast, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered Saul, David, le David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, for our family is holding a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. So now, if I have found favor in your sight, let me get away and see my brothers. For this reason he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. He said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame, and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die." Then Jonathan answered his father Saul, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul threw his spear at him to strike him, so Jonathan knew that it was the decision of his father to put David to death. Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food on the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David, and because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with, the boy, with David, and with him was a little boy. 
He said to the boy, run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called after the boy and said, is the arrow not beyond you? Jonathan called after the boy, hurry, be quick, do not linger. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. As soon as the boy had gone, David rose from behind the stone heap and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He bowed three times, and they kissed each other and wept with each other. David wept the more. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since both of us have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my descendants and your descendants forever. He got up and left, and Jonathan went into the city. The rift between David and Saul is now beyond repair, and Saul has vowed to kill David. And David is forced to flee for his life. Something truly remarkable, though, happens in the midst of this rivalry between the house of David and the house of Saul, and that is the binding of Jonathan and David to each other in a covenant arrangement that will extend well into their future, into the future generations. We have to remember that Jonathan is not just another member of Saul's court with pro-David sympathies. Jonathan is, rightly, though not according to the Lord, heir to Saul's throne. When Saul fights against David. He is fighting to establish his own house and to give the throne to his own son. When Jonathan recognizes that David is in the right and discerns that the Lord is also with David, he concedes the throne to David and becomes David's follower and David's close, close friend. He chooses the Lord and David over his father, over his family, over his own self-interest. And that is the reason why David is so insistent on Jonathan proving his sincerity and entering into a binding agreement. Because Jonathan has so much at stake, it is hard to trust whether or not he will keep his agreement. And also, that is why a little bit later, Jonathan flips things around and intercedes for mercy for the sake of the heirs of his own household. So it hardly seems possible for where they stand in that field at that moment, one day, because it is the Lord's will, David will ascend to the throne, and on that day everything will turn around the other way, and it will be the descendants of Saul who will be hunted down and killed. Jonathan can see that day because he knows the Lord. And so he secures a promise from David to show mercy, not just to him, but to his descendants. Later on in the second volume, in Second Samuel, we will discover whether or not David is faithful to his covenant. Jonathan, for his part, is faithful to the covenant, and it costs him everything. His own relationship with his father breaks apart, and Jonathan, too, has to flee and away for his life. And it is only the steadfast love and covenant faithfulness that are really at the heart of this chapter. That is really what this is all about. We have learned that the Lord is looking for a man after God's own heart, and God's heart makes itself known in God's faithful, steadfast love and loyalty, in God keeping covenant, even when we break it. God keeps God's word and God's promise. God's word and promise now in this story speak of David's ascension to the throne. So God is at work bringing a new kingdom into the world. 
In a way, these are the labor pains. But it is Jonathan who can see now what God is doing most clearly, so clearly, in fact, that he forsakes his father, gives up his rights to the throne, and bows in friendship before the Lord's own anointed. And this is precisely what God has done for us in Jesus. In Christ Jesus, God's kingdom is coming to birth in this world. And in our baptism, we have now been bound with him in the covenant of his death and resurrection, where we receive this new life as God's gift and welcome into God's new kingdom, a place at God's table. Our baptism means we no longer have a place in this world, though. Fortunately for us, however, Jesus has prepared a place for us in God's household, a life in the world to come, and and that hope of God's kingdom coming to be with us in this world. So we have put our lot in with Jesus, and he will keep his promise. We know this because God has already kept his promise when he raised Jesus from the dead. And we can count on him to do this for us, too. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we truly thankful to the Lord? Merciful God, I might renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and for our congregation. For those who govern the nations of the world and for people who are living in countries that are ravaged by strife or warfare. For all who work for peace and international harmony for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For what else do we we ask the Lord this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. 
In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.